Welcome to the Tell Us Something podcast. I'm Mark Moss. Tell Us Something awakens imagination, empowers storytellers, and connects the Missoula community through the transformative power of personal storytelling. It is a celebration of each other, our stories, and how we move through the world together. All of the stories at Tell Us Something are true. Stories last for 10 minutes and are told from memory. Everyone is welcome to tell a story. The community comes together for a night of true personal stories, shared live, focused on a theme. Everyone has a story. What's yours? The next Tell Us Something is December 12th. The theme is getting away with it. This episode of the Tell Us Something podcast was recorded in front of a live audience on September 10th, 2017 at the Wilma in Missoula, Montana. Eight storytellers shared their story on the theme, Up the Blackfoot. Jay Dixon of Dixon Adventures has clients on the boat and they are planning a 20 mile day on the Blackfoot. It's the third week of June during a salmon fly hatch. With about an hour of daylight remaining, he sees a woman in distress on the rock scree above the river. With the help of search and rescue, Jay saves the woman's life in a dramatic ordeal. Listen to Jay's story, which we call Blackfoot River Rescue. Thanks for listening. I was a little bit, uh, I told one of my friends I was a little bit worried about making a fool of myself, and he said, when have you ever been worried about that? And that kind of helped, so. So, I, so here it goes. When I was a teenager, uh, I had an English teacher give me the book, A River Runs Through It. And I've been a passionate fisherman my whole life. And when I was 21 years old, I moved out to Montana and transferred from the Adirondacks in upstate New York. And thank you, it's a cool country. I lived on the Blackfoot for four years. Started guiding, met my wife, came down for a widespread show, had a lot of fun. And uh, I lived not too far from the White Horse for many years there. Um, I got the chance to fish with John McLean in 2004, where he gave me some enormous flies that I have, so that's a pretty cool thing after being so close to this since I was young, and I've been now on the water 25 years, and I've got a lot of memories of the Blackfoot, but there's one day in particular that sticks out in my mind that I'll never forget. It just so happens to be the same year that Tina talked about. It was 2008, and it was June 27th. I picked up my good friend Nick and his 14-year-old son to go on this huge adventure from Sunset Hill all the way to John's Rood, which is like a 19-mile float. And the river at this time really does live up to the name the Big Blackfoot, as Tina was describing. It's 4,000 cubic feet per second of volume, 54 degrees of water, and lots of power. You know, Roundup Rapids and big class three rapids and big cliff hydraulics. And we set out on this awesome day, which turned to be an 87 degree day and bright. And it was exciting because we had this long journey and there's salmon flies out. And we thought, you know, we were gonna just get after it. And fishing on an 87 degree sunny day, a lot of times on the Blackfoot is not great. And during the middle of the day, we kind of, we had lunch and we'd had a few fish, but we watched other people struggling in the hydraulics, even watched one guy flip out of the raft and people trying to deal with not understanding the power of the water. It's my favorite time of year to fish, actually, um, when it is dangerous, because you really have to know what you're doing and it's a great time for big fish. But I was a little bit worried about this great day with Nick and his son, wondering how many, how we can get into some fish. And I knew that we had this another adventure ahead of us. You know, it was pushing into close to obviously after the summer solstice so that you can fish until 10 o'clock at night late. And I had six or seven miles from Whitaker Bridge on down and it was eight something at night. So I knew that in our world, I call it the magic hour. You know, that 
temperature is going to drop about 20 degrees and there's caddis hatch and there's things going to go on and you can make a full day out of an hour. We proceeded on down through Thibodeau Falls and we were starting to get into some fish and sure enough the hatch was coming out and I was really excited about this last five miles in the water. A long, you know, we're probably doing a 10 or 11 hour day at this point. And you go through Thibodeau Falls and we're, you know, bouncing around in these powerful rapids and below that there's a section which now on the road between Johns Root and Whitaker there's a bunch of concrete blocks there. And I'm coming down, and it's a big, what I would describe, 60 to 70 foot cliff with lots of shale rocks. But in that corner, there's an eddy. And getting into these eddies is kind of dangerous at this time of year. You really have to know what you're doing because there's hydraulics where the eddy meets the main river and you're, you know, coming in there. But that's really where a lot of fish are rising in these eddies. You have to kind of power in there. And had 14-year-old Graham in the front, and I'm like, I'm going to do this move. And I got in there. Sure enough, there's a bunch of fish rising, and the river's really loud at this time of year, you know, and, you, you, and all of a sudden, it, you could hear this, I looked over my shoulder, and about 60 feet up in the cliff is a woman screaming for help. And Nick, it's so steep, and all these rocks are here, I, I had to pull the boat over, and I said, Nick, you got to hold the boat, and I got to, this is what we call in our world a morally obligated situation, that I've been in lots of them. At this time of year, in the end of June, early July, inner tubers, lots of different other stories. But uh, so I scale up these rocks in the same outfit I'm wearing, basically, in sandals and shorts, and I'm grabbing rocks and slipping, and Nick's down there with Graham, and I finally get to this woman, and she's got her whole bottom of her left leg is completely black and blue and swollen, which I assessed was a broken leg with some of my f first aid. And so I immediately said, what? How, what, what's going on? How'd you get here? Well, I'm hoping it's not the same sisters that Tina talked about, but freaking, she says, I was intertubing the river with my sister, and I went off the, I'm thinking, intertubing, I mean, it's 4,000 CFS of water, and you're, you know, and so I, I did my next thing, and she was kind of slurring her words, and I, I said, okay, have you been drinking? She goes, no, I'm three months pregnant. Oh, my God, I'm like... At first, I was going to try and figure out how to get her down in the raft. She's pretty good ways up in the cliff because she obviously fell off and was trying to get to the road, and then she stopped up the cliff. And so I managed to know at this point I need to get some help. I'm not going to try and get this woman down this cliff with child. But now I need to get to the road. If anybody knows this area, there is no cell phone. So the only way to get help is to get to the road. And it's 9 o'clock at night. There's no way anybody else was coming down the river. She's lucky I was at this lake because I was doing this crazy float. So I managed to go diagonally across because there's all these loose rocks. And I'm grabbing every little shrub. And I'm kind of slipping. And I finally get up to the road. And sure enough, here comes a vehicle. And it's a man and a woman. And I hail them down. I said, OK, trying to do this controls first aid scene thing, you know? And I'm like, OK, we got a pregnant woman, you know, in the cliff. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm no fishermen or liars, but this is really a true story. <laughs> so. So, so we get, you know, the woman jumps out of the vehicle right away and she just runs down to go to this woman without any regard for what I'm saying. No, 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 you know, like a, a rock could just fall down and hit this woman in the back of the head, but she didn't care what I said and just took off. 
Like, all right, well, I told the guy, you have to go get search and rescue and an ambulance. And he went, did that. So I then proceeded to now need to get back down to my raft in this cliff. It's not as easy as coming up, grabbing things. So I started slipping and getting down and I'm kind of getting scared. At this point, the woman had made it to the victim and, you know, she yells at me and my customers, what are you doing out here? It's too dangerous. You're going to hurt somebody. And I'm like, I didn't, (laughs) did not respond to that. And so (laughs) I'm worried about slipping down this cliff. And and that got to be, this point got really, uh, when I go through my emotions, I, I started having fear But then I started getting mad because I almost slipped. I have no health insurance. I have two kids. It's June 27th. If I fall down to my death trying to save a freaking woman that's in her tube in the river at 4,000 CFS, it's really going to suck for me. So, but anyway, I, I finally made it down through all the, I almost slipped a couple times. It was really scary. And I got down there waiting for search and rescue. And sure enough, Graham was having a ball. He was down there catching trout the whole time, you know? So, so Nick and I are there and finally we're waiting and the other woman's there and sure enough search and rescue comes and a guy goes way down or upriver and brings a rope and they're all up there and I said send the ambulance down to where the river meets the road because I knew the only way to get this woman out of this situation was to get her in my raft unless you're using a helicopter or something it was so they get at this point I volunteered to grab the rope and scar up my legs some more and I got up to a juniper and we got the rope and then it said Graham I need your sandals because she's got no sandals on she's in a bikini and she is shivering and broken leg and puts Graham sandals on got her down to the boat and at this point it's dark and the water's huge and search and rescue says are you sure you can navigate we get her in the front seat and Graham's gonna sit in the cooler he says you sure you can navigate the river in the dark Graham's Nick's fished with me for years I've and everybody knows me I fish pretty late sometimes he Nick looks at him he goes we'd still be fishing right now if it wasn't for this shit So I looked at him and I kind of, I kind of laughed and I, I looked at search and rescue. He says, "Yeah, I've been. I'll get on the. I'll get down there." And I, we got down there and we got her up and we got her on the this stretcher and the, I had to get out and we got her up and I remember getting her to the ambulance and I gave her this hug from behind and I says, "I got you here. You're safe." And there was dead silence. There was nothing. I turned around and I shook one of the search and rescue guys' hands and I got back in the boat and went down the river with uh, Nick and Graham and we proceeded to think about this crazy scenario and I was upset that I'd risked my life and I didn't even get a thank you or even anything, nothing. And so one of my best friends, one, one, of, my, uh, one of my best friends always tells me when we're fishing, because he's known me for 27, and this might relate to some of you, he says, I wish 2017 Jay could meet 1997 Jay, or 2008 Jay in this point, because I realize now a lot of things have happened in my life in the last 10 years. My kids have both lost classmates to car accidents. I tried to save a life of a drunk driver at 2.30 in the morning coming home from the Missouri, and blood clot in my leg. There's people that are suffering real traumas, and We've got fires all over the state and hurricanes and, you know, I did what I was supposed to do and you, everybody's doing things in these fires and not getting thanked all the time. And so just paying it forward, you should be proud of and happy to do and be happy about that and not upset if you don't get thanked. That's my story.
Thanks, Jay. Jay Dixon has a college degree in environmental geology with an emphasis in groundwater and fisheries from the University of Montana. He has been fly fishing since the age of six and started tying flies soon after. Jay Dixon owns and operates Dixon Adventures along with his wife and partner in crime, Deb. They live in an off-the-grid solar home they built together in the Sapphire Mountains overlooking the Bitterroot Valley with their two boys, Jake and Zach. Learn more about Jay and his work at DixonAdventures.com. Remember, your story matters. If you enjoyed this story, please share it with your friends on your favorite social media sites. Thanks. Tell us something is proud to be fiscally sponsored by Missoula Community Foundation, a 501c3 organization. Missoula Community Foundation has been providing leadership to Missoula nonprofits and inspiring long-term philanthropy in Missoula since 2007. For the good of Missoula, forever. MissoulaCommunityFoundation.org. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Gecko Designs. The creative crew at Gecko makes killer logos. Not like Serial Killer, but better than any you've seen on a cereal box. They build beautifully mobile-friendly websites for both large and small clients in Missoula and around the country. Gecko has been doing it for two and one-tenth decades. That's 21 human years and 336 gecko years. I've met the team and can tell you that they're not as slimy as real lizards. When you're ready to get serious about your marketing, put a Liz in your biz. Visit the Gecko Designs team on North Higgins or online at geckodesigns.com. Logjam Presents. Logjam Presents is committed to creating a superior live and entertainment experience through world-class production, state-of-the-art venues, and superior guest services. Headquartered in Missoula, Montana, Logjam Presents is an independent and privately owned live entertainment company. Logjam is the exclusive operator and promoter of the 4,000-capacity Kettle House Amphitheater, the 1,500-capacity Wilma, and the 550-capacity Top Hat Lounge. Working in close partnership with these venues, Logjam has created a unique artist and concert-goer experience that is unmatched in the Northwest. LogjamPresents.com CabinetParts.com The number one source for cabinet hardware since 1997. Anyone searching for the best kitchen cabinet hardware at a great price needs to go to CabinetParts.com CabinetParts.com in business since 1997 combines knowledgeable hardware specialists with the best online shopping experience nationwide. With fast and easy ordering, free hinge matching service and same day shipping, CabinetParts.com is the direct source for all of your cabinet hardware needs. The Bookstore at the University of Montana, a local bookstore serving as students, faculty, and staff of the University of Montana, as well as the Missoula community. MontanaBookstore.com. Fact and Fiction, where books, authors, ideas, and readers interact. FactandFictionBooks.com. The Good Food Store. Supporting Western Montana farmers and ranchers for almost 50 years, the Good Food Store supports the local folks creating their own beer, salsa, baked goods, ice cream, and more. The Good Food Store is a passionate supporter of Missoula nonprofits, supporting multiple organizations, events, and fundraisers every year. Learn more at GoodFoodStore.com. Missoula Broadcasting Company. Locally owned and operating four stations, including the Trail 1033, Missoula's Quality Rock and part of our unique Western Montana community, featuring local DJs who love Missoula and know their music. Jack FM 105.9, playing what they want. You 104.5 FM, your at-work listening station. And ESPN 102.9, focusing on city, state, and regional sports, giving exposure and insight to teams and athletes in and around Western Montana. Learn more at MissoulaBroadcasting.com. Martin McCain, Woodworks and Design. If you're looking for custom, modern, or mid 
19th century cabinetry and furniture to fit your home, check out Martin's work on Instagram. He's at Martin underscore McCain underscore Woodworks over there and Martin McCain 79 on Pinterest. You can always friend up with him on Facebook because if he's doing work for you, it's pretty likely you'll become friends. Facebook.com slash Martin McCain Woodworks. Missoula Federal Credit Union. Missoula Federal Credit Union is a locally owned banking, not-for-profit financial cooperative. They put their members' funds to work in ways that provide benefits to people, the local economy, and the environment. That's belonging, and belonging is the new banking. MissoulaFCU.org. Enlightened Lab Float Center. Enlightened Lab is a spa featuring sensory deprivation or floating as a wellness therapy. Unplug, reset, and recharge in their state-of-the-art float tanks. Learn more at EnlightenLab.com. That's E-N-L-Y-T-E-N-L-A-B.com. Thanks to Cash for Junkers, who provided the music for the podcast. Find them at CashForJunkersMusic.com. If you're interested in sponsoring Tell Us Something, email me at Mark at TellUsSomething.org. That's M-A-R-C at TellUsSomething.org. Podcast production by Mark Moss. Thank you to everyone who attends the events, those of you who download the podcast, and most especially to the storytellers. Cindy Super, Lisa Tripke, Wendy Woolett, Tina Varen, Sarah Elkins, Juanita Vero, Jay Dixon, and Jerry O'Connell. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check the website to find out how you can tell your own story. Tellussomething.org.